when I first got out of the NFL, I went and opened a gym business and I struggled. I almost went bankrupt in the first like nine months and I hired a coach. And I think the thing is, is I, I didn't believe that doing the work would get me what I wanted. But what they fail to realize is an exception becomes a rule. You change either on demand or when crap hits the fan. 99% of people is when crap hits the fan. Today on the show, we have a remarkable guest who went from NFL player to a transformational identity shift coach. At just three years old, our guest entered the foster care system facing massive odds that were stacked against him. In high school, despite having never played football, he set his sights on making the varsity football team. Despite lacking skills, he persevered and even earned a full ride scholarship to the University of Oregon, where he ultimately reached the NFL. However, Due to an injury, he was forced to pivot and embarked on a journey of entrepreneurship. The road was extremely tough, with ups and downs, and he even lost it all at one point. Yet in his darkest moment, he found hope and new purpose. A conversation with a friend made him realize his potential to inspire others. He has since become a motivational speaker, best-selling author, and a source of guidance for those feeling stuck and uninspired. He coaches others through the essential identity shift needed to create the life you deserve. Please welcome to the show, my good friend, Anthony Trucks. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. How are you? I'm great. No complaints. So I am truly excited to have you here because, you know, one of the things that people don't realize is as someone who I speak on stages and a lot of times I'm delivering value, mm -hmm. but I get so much more value than I get to deliver because I get to hear speakers that are on stage that I didn't know. Yeah. And it was about three years ago, I was on a stage in Scottsdale, mm -hmm. and the man who went right after me was you. Yeah, yeah. And I sat there listening to you speak, and not only did I get inspired and motivated because of what you were saying, but how you went through that process, the way you spoke on stage, it lit me up. I was like Thank you. fired up. Yeah, yeah. And I, like I was so here. excited to begin our friendship at that moment and now have you here today in studio. Hey, I mean, it worked out. It's funny too, because when you actually messaged me like, hey, I got this thing, you want to come down? I was I already, I just booked the speech that I came from just now, yeah. right? Uh, so I was like, oh, dude, serendipitous timing. It all worked yes. out. So obviously you're an NFL, former NFL player yeah. who's now turned into a transformational coach. But mm -hmm. as I told you off air, the whole premise of our show is success formula. Yeah. People are successful because mm -hmm. they follow a formula, whether or not they realize it mm -hmm. or not. Yeah. And part of your coaching program, I mean, you were telling me a little bit before, we're going to get into it on the show, but is identifying and clarifying that piece. Mm -hmm. So what made you go from, I mean, obviously, we, I, I don't have to ask you what made you want to be an NFL player. Yeah, I think every, every young boy in the world wants to do that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually at first. It's a different, I, I didn't want to even, I didn't consider the NFL until I was really like a junior in college. What were you thinking? I was thinking I'm out of high school. I've, I've have an opportunity. I've been a foster kid formerly. Like th the next step was this, you know? No, but I mean, what were you thinking instead of football? If it wasn't sport? Oh no, I loved football. But I think that what I meant is I didn't have that kick out, like big vision. I'm gonna play in the NFL one day. It's just not a reality for the foster kid that I was. Okay. It was like, for me, it was like, man, I, I got a college scholarship. I'm playing college football. This is great. And then at one point I got an agent reach out. I'm like, why, why is he reaching out? Like, can I play in the NFL? You know, like, mm -hmm. so it wasn't this mentality of like a little kid growing up because I was the only athlete in my household. No one thought of sports like that. And so it wasn't an actual realistic possibility until like my junior year of college. Was like, oh crap, like I might be able to play with the highest level in the world for this, you know? And so that was kind of the mentality. But I didn't grow up having that thought. That's actually surprising to me because usually it requires that. You think it that far. Yeah. The big vision, the big dream that you're yeah. like, hey, I'm going to put in that work because. Well, I think what was for me, the work ethic was I, I didn't like the idea of, of doing something and not giving my all to it. So like when I was a kid growing up, uh, I was 14, 15, I tried football for the first time and I was horrible at the game. And I realized that in order to be great, I had to do things that weren't part of my normal character or part of my normal process, right? This mm -hmm. you know, aspect you're talking about. So I go, what do great football players do? They lift weights, they run routes, and they do these things. And so that was like, all right, well, I got to do that. Although I didn't know how to do it. I was out there running around like a probably crazy kid. But in doing that, I started realizing like, oh, like this, this makes me a little bit faster. But what I didn't know was it was developing a different sense of self inside. And so part of me goes, well, yesterday's Anthony, like he killed it. Today's Anthony can't let yesterday's Anthony down. Let's kill it again. That became my set point. And so even when I parent my kids now, I'm like, dude, anything you touch, like they, my, my twins got in trouble the other day, I had to wash my car. 
And so they were doing it and they left. I drove to LA for my wife's track meet. And so there's bugs in the windshield. They didn't get the bugs. And I go, dude, you guys got to get the bugs. Why? That's no big deal. I go, no, no. Anytime you touch something, if you touch it, I don't care who comes. It could have been shot in your shoes. You could have been, you're ready to vacuum the house. If you did that, there should be a pride around. I did that so someone can see it and they go, that was a good job. So anything you do, it has to be done like that. This mentality I give my kids was born when I was a high school kid. That's what got me a scholarship, got me to college, got me my, all this kind of thing. So while it's never been something where like, I, I have big dreams and big aspirations. For that one, it was more tied to, this is who I am as a human. This is how I do things. And so because of me doing things like that, it turned into that later. Who taught you that though? Nobody, man. You were just born that way? No, heck no. Now you built it. It's the repetitions that build it. But there had to be a moment because you came from fo- through the foster system, yeah. which means you probably didn't have that, unless maybe you did, that parental figure mm, that extent. could instill that in you young. Yeah, it's odd. So Somebody or something had to trigger yeah. where you had the epiphany, the awakening, the realization that that is required. You know what it was? It was when I was, so I was 15 years old. I had this window where like I, didn't, I wasn't good at the game and I had to tuck away and do what I call dark work while wearing a shirt right now. My mom wasn't built this way. My dad wasn't built this way. My fosh mom, you know, they, none of these people had these, these traits. And I think what it was for me was looking at the experience of life they had. And then what I, I saw on TV, I'm like, I want to have that. But if I do what they're doing, I'm not going to have that because look where they're at. And so it's more of a, a thing where I go, I want to have more than what we have. So what does that require? Mm-hmm. What requires doing these things that are different? And so in the process of doing that, it was more of like you do it and you get some feedback like, okay, this, this works a little bit. Like I do get a little fast, do get a little stronger. When you do that, you, you practice better. Coaches give you more coaching. And then all of a sudden you make more plays and you get more notoriety and all the notoriety turns into more opportunities. And so that was kind of like the taste of like, well, if I do this, then, then that happens. And so it wasn't a single person. It was more of a, a realization of doing the work. And I think the thing is, is I, I didn't believe that doing the work would get me what I wanted. I found that I had a belief that if I, I didn't do the work, I wouldn't get what I wanted. So I obviously, if I didn't want to get this, I had to do that to get that. Yep. So it's more of this, uh, I believed in what was going to happen in the negative, which led me to go, all right, let's just go this way. Because most people won't start things without a guarantee. Most people go, well, i got to make sure the effort that I put in is going to get me this thing. And I go, well, I can guarantee you two things. Well, mostly one thing. Um, one thing is if you don't do it, you don't get it. That's a fact. That's a fact, right? That's so if, fact. if you do nothing different, you get this, right? So like that reality sets in and I go, but if you do do it, let's say it doesn't pan out, you're better. Yep. You learn something you didn't know. Most people want to go consume books and buy things all day, which is great, but that's just a, a, a small sliver of what they could put into a book. What they really know, they can't even teach you because they had to go through experience like you would have to, to really learn that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I go, I've learned so much on the path to something than I did from knowing it before I started. So I go, let me just start journeys. So I start things with the intention of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't 100% know what it's going to turn into, but I'm going to learn something I could use later on. So I do that. And that's kind of how I, I think, built that muscle as a kid doing it, as an entrepreneur doing it. My first job was a paper route. I paid for my first year of football because we couldn't afford it. So I was hawking papers to pay for football. I bought my first cleats. I had to get clearance though. There were two sizes too big. <laughs> so I made toilet paper inserts. I got toilet paper and I wrapped with scotch tape, put in my cleats, right? But I learned like, wait, I've, if I work at this, then I can, all, I can create something. My mom ain't got money, but the world has money. And if I give value in some way and do so, I can make money to create a life for myself. So that's kind of how this idea settled in. And then I realized the better the work I did, the better the outcome. Yep. Which is where that idea comes of, well, how do you know? Like, how do you, how you teach your kids this? Well, I just realized through sheer experience of, if I do these things, I get something better. So that was kind of the seed and how it planted. What I love about what you're saying is, as I mentioned the success formula, you were honing in that formula. I mean, pretty young. Yeah. I won't, I have mine pretty dialed in now, but when I was 15, I didn't have that oh, clarity. I, I was building it at 15. I didn't have it dialed in there. But you had the clarity, the, the maturity, the wherewithal to recognize that, hey, you know, because the truth is success leaves clues. It's yes. all around us, mm-hmm. right? It, you don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to come from a traditional family. Mm-hmm. You can be a foster kid. Yeah. You could be exposed to new ideas and you could just look around and say, who do I want to be like? Mm-hmm. What do I want to achieve? And what are they doing? Because mm-hmm. success leaves clues. It does. And kids, unfortunately, you know, what, what do they say? Uh, youth is wasted on the young and wisdom yeah, is wasted man. on the old. Old, yeah. Because uh, when we're young, we don't recognize those clues. Mm-hmm. And so it's fascinating to me that at that age, you had that wherewithal. You know, I talk about my success formula being 
taking immediate decisive action, which mm-hmm. to you is, hey, I'm starting it. I don't care what I the outcome do it, is. Yeah. Yeah. And Kaizen, get 1% better every day. No, I'm going to suck today, mm-hmm. but I'll just keep working at it and eventually I'll be better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which you're saying it in your own way, but for your success formula, for the Anthony success formula that you applied to football and now applied to parenthood and entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. do you have that clearly defined? To an extent. I think my, if you talk about my formula of the things I do, I think there's a part of me that is completely okay looking stupid. And, and what I mean by that is we all have this connection. We identify with the outcome as opposed to identify with the actions. So when I identify with the outcome, I will consistently have a comparison where I fall short yeah. and I suck at something. So most people just don't start ugly because they're worried about being embarrassed. There's actually, this, in my identity work, there's a framework we structure, you know, the different types of identities. And there's a dreamer who dreams all day doesn't take an action. There's a person that's a dabbler, tries a bunch of stuff. The moment something happens, it's difficult. They can't push over it. They make a good excuse to evade it and go find some new shiny object. Then you have the defender, which we're talking about now. The defender is someone that's had so much success in some area. There's a fear around trying something new that will chip away at the past success. And so I, I think for me, I don't mind looking stupid. I've had success, but I go, yeah, I'm gonna do my thing. And the way I can do this is I have an anchored sense of self. I know what I can do. I know who I am. Uh, I don't worry about the world giving me a bunch of like high fives or, you know, because I think Deion Sanders said something recently. He's like, I don't care what you care about me. He says, because if I give you the control to help me feel good, you could make me feel bad too. You don't get to have that control. I go, that's how I've lived my life. I yeah. didn't think about it, right? Prime so for time. me, what allows me, exactly, what allows me to be great is I go, there's a new thing I want to try. I have no idea how to do it. Let's figure it out. Yeah. You know, people go, how do you just try these new things and jump? I go, why not, man? Life's supposed to be opened up and so... That pair with my desire to be great and give my all when I show up to something, it, it seems to work out. But I think there's, there's a part of me that initially goes, success is always going to be the next level of success in the direction of something I don't know how to do right now. Mm-hmm. I never tried before. And if I'm too worried about how stupid I might look or how I may lose face in it, then I don't try it. So I miss out on the next opportunity. I'm defending my success. Like an undefeated boxer won't take a match because what if I lose a match, right? Sure. Now I'll get better, right? So I, I lean in and do that. And that's allowed me to, to try things that let me express my skill sets in areas I didn't know I, I could have success. And I go, man, I, imagine if I didn't try this, I would have missed out on this. So I have success in this area that leads me to a new thing and a new thing and a new thing. That's kind of the way I, I operate on a daily basis. My wife doesn't like it. Cause she's <laughs> like, you just do these things that are random. I don't know what you're doing there all the time. I go, it's okay. Bills are paid, right? We're yeah. good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Life will continue on. Uh, and then I think outside of that, I just do hard stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there is something we were talking about before I walked in here. There is something in our world now where there's a, I think a desire to appease the weaker part of us. It's all, it's it'd be easy. It should be simple. It should be, I go, what if we just do something? Cause it's hard though. What, Cause there's something like, I, I love the idea. People say, well, the first rule of CrossFit is talk about CrossFit, right? And I go, it's funny as a joke, right? But the reality is, is there's something tucked in there we don't notice, which is yes, Talk about CrossFit. Why do they do it? They do it because it's incredibly hard. Yes. Which means I get very proud of myself because I did the Murph, right? It's so hard. And you talk about it because you're proud of the hard thing you did. And I think we miss out on that. And so for me, I do things that are hard or they feel like they're going to be hard, sometimes just for the purpose of feeling good about myself. Mm -hmm. But I also know that if it was hard for me, it was hard for somebody else. And those who turned away from the hard don't get to access the next door of success. Well, and Andy Frisella talks about that, and he uses it more monetarily. But he says, uh, "Hard pays well. Mm, you want to make like it, that. and you want to make money. Yeah. Hard pays well. I like that. And I look at it as uh, when you look at the easy, mm-hmm. everyone can do it. Yeah. So that's the definition of average. Yeah. And we move average. The the barometer for average goes up and down, right? Mm-hmm. Because today, an average marathon runner is a lot faster than it was thirty years ago. Yeah. So the average moves up to what the majority can accomplish. True. Hard is what distinguishes greatness, mm-hmm. excellence. Mm-hmm. If you really want that, you've got to choose hard. You have to. And it's the, it's the foe. It's the enemy. You know, yeah. in every great hero story, there's a, there's a battle. It has to be there. And it's, I mean, it's great human stories, but it's also the great part of your story. It's, it's what allows you to feel good about yourself going forward too. Mm-hmm. But it also, it, I think it unravels things in you. There's actually, with Dr. Peterson, he's the first that referenced it, but there's actually studies that uh, were done and they found that, there's use stress and like, you know, trauma stress. And use stress is a decent stress, it's a good stress. When we put use stress on our muscles, the muscles grow. But they found that use stress to the brain at a certain level release a certain protein in the brain that encodes more of your dormant DNA. So if you do a hard thing, 
to a genetic level, your body becomes more of who you already are dormant, right? I'm a man of faith, I believe God gave us some cool things to become great humans. And so I go, man, like, so doing this hard thing, it also genetically makes me a better human. Yep. And so it's not just like doing it hard because it's hard, but like, yeah, you separate yourself, but you also create an individual inside that can separate themselves. Well, and to what you were saying earlier, you know, I call it, you said, you'll, you'll start, you'll start looking bad, but you'll eventually learn and you'll oh, you figure do. it out. Yeah. I call it just in time learning, mm. right? Where I may not know how to do something, but just in time, I'll learn it. Figure it out. Right. And yeah. by trying and starting that path and mm -hmm. telling the world, I'm starting that path and opening that to my, to my network, to yeah. my exposure. I'm now enabling myself to see things I didn't see before simply and solely because I took that first step. Yeah. And you say you're, you know, as you just mentioned before, the, what it does to the brain to have any kind of growth, you have to put weight on it. You do. And so everyone who's sitting and observing and saying, I'm not where I want to be because, and they have all their litany of excuses mm -hmm. or, or, or reasons that they're not there. What I'm trying to help deliver and what I'm hoping people will get from, from this show. And for those listening, I hope you guys are really hearing what Anthony's saying is you can start any, at any point, any point. And when you start throwing hard at yourself, the growth that comes from it is where all that results lie. It is. It is hiding in plain sight. Yeah. It's, it's really no secrets. Yeah. There's no secrets. There's no secrets, man. I, I just did the speech I gave one of the, the slides on there. It says now is always a new beginning. That's it. There's, there's a, and it's like, if you look at it that way, the day's a new beginning, the new start, it's like, okay, new beginning. What would you do if you had a fresh, clean slate? Mm -hmm. Right. Do that thing. And so it is an aspect where, like I said, sometimes you just do it because it's hard or sometimes you do it because you want what's in the backside or because it's just how you show up. But there, there is this, uh, I think people have this weird, like an allure of like successes. It's a special thing that maybe I can get and I don't know. And I go, the only difference between most of the people you see and yourself is just how they show up in the actions that I call defining moments of the day. It's a small one. Like it could be a single thing. So I look at it, uh, the new, new year. I love when I get the new year. I have to say this often. But the new year, people go, you're going to go big this year, Ant? I go, no, I'm not going big. They go, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm going to go small. What do you mean? No, I'm going to go small, but in a really big way. If I can go small, the singular thing that you won't do for the next six months, I'm going to go small, but I'm going to do it. Something small, I'm going to take off. You can't touch me. And I look at even uh, from a neurological level, there's certain levels where our brain just can't work, right? I can get about a good four to five hours of solid focused work. And I've built that muscle over time. The average person based on an Inc. Magazine study in an eight hour day can get two hours and 57 minutes of focused work. And it's not just because they're distracted, but a lot of it's because their brain can't do it. So I go, okay, great. Let's say you get three hours, but I can get six in a day. At the end of a year, if I could stay focused, let's say you worked that for two or three days, because most people don't do solid days like that, two or three days. At the back end of a year, I will have two to three more years of progress on yours. You can't catch me. That's right. And it's not because I'm running faster. I just didn't stop running. Hey, everybody. Looking for great insights? Entrepreneur.com's podcast network is the place for you. Check out podcasts like Problem Solvers and Smart Passive Income for smart advice. Hear true stories on how success happens, financial updates on dirty money, deep dives with behind the review and food trends on restaurant influencers. And don't miss my new show. It's all at entrepreneur.com forward slash listen. Let's start our success journey today. As an entrepreneur, I know how meaningful it is to invest in the people and causes that are close to me. And on GoFundMe, it's easy, safe, and powerful to do just that. Whether you're supporting a family member, friend, local business, or charity, and whenever you make a donation, you're protected by the GoFundMe giving guarantee. Visit GoFundMe.com today to help make a positive difference in your community. It's the Kobe Bryant model. You know what I'm saying? I just kept moving and it's, and it's like, but you fall in love with the, the monotony of it. The, the, the process. It is. You, lo you love the process more than the destination. You'll spend more time climbing a mountain than at the peak. Everybody wants the peak though, man. So it's like, all right, well, if I'm gonna spend more, maybe I should love the hiking of the mountain. Well, you, know? you mentioned this earlier and it's something that plagued me as a kid and it kept me unfulfilled. And it used to be something like my close confidants, my parents would always say, Jeff, when is it gonna be enough? Like, when yeah. are you gonna be happy and satisfied? Because as soon as I got whatever I was after, what's next? Mm -hmm. And it's because I don't love the peak. Mm -hmm. I actually subconsciously, for some reason, really enjoy the battle to get to the peak. But once I get there, I'm like, okay, yeah. What's next? Well, fighters fight. But it's, it's potentially an unfulfilling life. Yeah. If you don't realize that, mm -hmm. if you don't come to that 
realization. And I mean, you're a, you're a transformational coach. So coach me. Yeah. I come to you and I say, Hey, you know, I struggle with this. Cause I really do. Where, it's not a struggle though. Okay. It shouldn't be. In my opinion, there shouldn't be a struggle. So my wife and I have had this information, like it's a conversation. She goes, when are you going to be content? I'm like, it's a difference between um, being like settled and content. So content is a thing where like, I'm, I'm done. I'm content. Right. But I'm not settled. That's what I'm hearing. I am the same as you. And I found this out with, she's like, well, you're not happy with our life and a marriage. And I'm like, no, I love it all. I love it all. But five years ago, I didn't know this level of good existed. So what level of good do we not know exists beyond this? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean I don't love this, but humans are happiest in motion. It's simple logic. If we put a puzzle right here and me and you were doing the puzzle, when the last piece goes in, what do we do? Look at it and break and we it. We didn't go, oh, what do we do? It's done, right? But the puzzle making was the fun part. We are happiest in motion. And so I go, love, I'm just gonna stay in motion. I'm gonna love everything. I'm gonna be happier in the motion. Doesn't mean I'm not content. Doesn't mean I don't love, I'm just not completely at a space where like, this is enough for me. And it's not to say that it's, this is enough to be happy because I'm incredibly happy, but I believe that we all have somewhere supposed to be here to do and, and we won't know what it is until we've, we've done it. And maybe we never get that. Maybe the idea is just to be in flow. But if a person comes to me and goes, hey, I'm, I'm having this battle, I go, well, first off, um, stop listening to the people who play smaller than you, yep. right? Because there's a lot of people that will give you that. When's it going to be enough? Aren't you settled? And I, and I go, I, that logic isn't how my life operates. So I can't operate off your logic. So I'm going to, not that I don't respect you, I'm going to put your logic to the side for a moment. And I'm going to listen to my logic of where I'm at. Am I happy? Yeah. Am I healthy? Yeah. My marriage good? Yeah. Are my kids happy? Good. Do my kids know me? Yes. Am I serving people at a high level? Yes. What's wrong with keeping that momentum? Why, why not keep the puzzle pieces going? Now, if someone, one of these things was off, I go, okay, cool. The way I'm doing this needs some adjusting. So that may be a thing of like, okay, yeah, I see you going, but are you leaving something behind while you move? If that's the thing, that's a different conversation. But the simple idea of, I want something more, that there's nothing wrong with this. I think that, that we should seek and do that. That's how we have things that, that make your desire to have more, to give more is why I'm here right now. What's wrong with that? If your wife's happy, kids happy, right? Mm-hmm. There's peace. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But how you do it could be a thing that we could question. But I don't think the idea of, of, uh, of questioning your desire to do more is an issue. I got a best friend. Love my best friend. We have these conversations often because he's a guy who loves his nine to five job. He loves security. I love the security, but I also love the variety of life. And, and we've had these discussions and I go, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's nothing wrong with what, what you do and what I do. I said, but here's the thing. Uh, I understand that you have certain needs that you have that keep you happy. And you have to realize that I have certain needs that keep me happy, but he'll be the first one to sit, but your schedule's too much. He has sort of stuff, daddy. He's always wanted to like, you know, and I go, Jay, what, what's going on? He goes, just, you're weird, dude. You're abnormal. And I go, I am, but have you noticed statistics of how happiness goes? We're talking about, I said, well, if you look up happiness, statistics in America, 53% of people on a study that was done that found that they were unhappy with their life or their career, what they're doing. I go, so it tells you is the people that are happy are in the, the lesser majority. So they are the abnormal. Yep. So I said, if I'm not normal, that's a good thing for me, dude. So I said, that's what, so for me, the seeking of the next level is what keeps me at peace. It's why you, it's why you respect me as your best friend. Cause it keeps me grounded, keeps me anchored. I said, but, but if you take that away from me, like I'd be a caged lion, bro. I don't know what I would do. I'd bite the handlers, you know, like I'd mess up my family up. I, my people in my life need me to seek that. So they actually have the person that they love the most. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And I'm going to regurgitate some of that back to my wife the next time she, she oh, gives me do. that line because me. that is something that we struggle with just because I am one of those humans where I'm, I'm very unsettled, always. I'm always looking for what's next. Yeah. Because I do. I enjoy the chaos of it. Yeah. And I, I strive to help other people enjoy the chaos of it too because I think your best friend falls in this group, which is they like the security of it because the chaos feels fast for them. Too much, yeah. Too much. Mm-hmm. And if you ever played a sport, you know, as you move to the next higher level, it just gets crazy. The game gets faster. Yeah, yeah. But the great ones, it slows down for. True. Tom Brady, the game is slow. Mm-hmm. Ryan Leaf, the game was fast. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah no offense, guy. Ryan. It's all right. Um, I, I played with his brother, actually. Brady Leaf, yeah. Good people. Yeah. Uh, he had his tough times. Yeah. Um, but I want to switch to something that you had also said before, which was identity shift. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned three of them. Mm-hmm. The Defender. The yeah. dabbler. What was the first one? Dreamer. Dreamer. Is there a fourth? Yeah, doer. The doer. Yeah, there's a different level there. There you That's go. a good discussion. Want to have that one? I want to have that one. Let's do it. First off, for the identity stuff, I do not believe you could have a dream above your current identity. Meaning I don't think that you can 
have this aspiration and be the person doing what you're doing. Because there's certain actions that certain identities do. There's certain things that if you were given this task, you'd do without even question, right? Which is why you have created what you've created. Give that to somebody else who doesn't identify with the actions you take. They don't get that dream. So I can't go, I want what Jeff has, but I'm not going to do what Jeff does. Well, that's not how it works. Like you get that identity and then you get to have the things that come with that. And so with that, you have to understand, well, who am I? Right? It's not what you know, but who you are with what you know. And so I found that there's like these, these three, but the doer's the one that's like, doesn't have a problem doing things. They tackle opposition because they know there's opportunity on the backside and they overcome opposition because they know it creates different things for their life. But they also the opportunities they seek because they know they can handle the opposition that comes. But there's a separation between types of doers and there's five of them I've found. The way I look at it is what's called the, the walker. And it's all based on traffic and travel. And say I go from California to Florida, right? We're here in San Diego, we're gonna go out to Florida. If we wanted to get there fast we can, what do we do? Well, some people are gonna walk, self-made. I don't need anybody's help. T.D. Jake said something recently, I love it. And he says, if your, dream is, is, uh, if your dream doesn't require other people's help, it's not big enough. I go, oh, I like I that like one. that too. That's right, it's a good one. I laugh one. at self-made. Ooh, it's a good one, dude. It is, so, uh, say it again. T.D. Jake, it's not mine, T.D. Jake said it. He says, if the dream doesn't require other people, it's not big enough. So you got that right. That hits. It's big. It yeah? hits. So I go, okay, cool. So the first person's self-made. So if they're gonna go from California to Florida, they're gonna walk. They're probably gonna have busted feet and take forever. To, I don't need anybody's help. Leave me alone. I got this on my own, right? I'm, right. And this person will take forever to get there if they get there at all. Yep. Self-powered. They have a person that goes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest in a bike. Small investment, I'm gonna ride a little fast. So they might read a book, they might watch some you new know, articles or something, they might figure some things out, but they're not gonna talk to anybody else still. Still self-powered, but they're going a little bit faster. But still, it takes forever. If you wanna ride a bike from California to Florida, it takes a while. The next person makes a bigger investment. These are called drivers that's not self-powered anymore. It's the person that goes and says, I'm gonna, I'm maybe gonna read a book, go to seminar. I might invest in a course or some program, right? So I'm gonna go, but there's still on the way there, there's detours, there's you know, roadblocks, or different roads you have to go, you can't go straight shot. Then you have the third person who is a pilot. Now look at the investment, right? To invest in a bike's one thing, invest in a car's another thing, invest in a, a pilot's license, it's like 20 grand in 60 hours to get a pilot's license. I'm trying to get one so I know. Are you? Yeah, why not? Well, we're Fly around, right? My wife won't get in the plane with me, she said, but I'm a, I'm a tricker, I'm a blindfold, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> no, I won't do that. Uh, but the idea is like even to get a plane, right? But the investment's like, I'm hiring a coach, I'm making investments in my future. I'm sure you've made some investments like, it's gotta pan out, I hope yep. it, you make those investments, but that's how you actually get to the next level. Now what happens is you bypass roadblocks. You get to fly over it, right? So I'm going from California to Florida, you get there faster. It's, it's, and that's getting insight for other people or just investing in newer insights. The fifth one is the one that's different. This is the one where most people go, I'm a doer and they think they're, they're, they're comfortable, great. I'm, a, I'm a, a pilot, cool, great. But there's another level. These are the, the Elon Musk, this is the Steve Jobs, they're what's called astronauts. While me and you are going to Florida, they see something in South Africa. They see something in Australia. They see something vastly different. And they have the ability to invest in the time to be an astronaut, yeah. invest in a rocket ship, literally <laughs> invest in a rocket, literally. you know what I'm saying? They, they fly above it and they see so much more, but it's all based on the investment they, they put in over time. And so most people don't identify with making the investment, getting the help, adding the team and taking that next step. And so when people step back and go, I'm a doer, right? Cool, which one are you? Yeah. Genuinely, which one are you? Because until you understand which one you are, you can sit and feel really good and comfortable in the place you have success based on who you see around you or who's you know, close to you in proximity. Where I go, uh, Harvey McKay said this, and I love it. He says, the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. And I go, okay, cool. Like, what's the next room? So you ask, like, how I look way back. How do you know the next dream or goal? I go, I just, what's the next room? What's the next step for me? So my brain's always been in that space. And I love that he could solidify the statement in that little clear space. Inside that doer category, the, the fourth of the identity shifts, because I love that. I love your different breakdowns, because mm. now I can actually see people I know and experience and yeah. say who. And now I'm starting to question myself, which one am I? Yeah, you know? yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, of course. I'm not a national, I know that, but I'm like, I'm a pilot, but like I got like a, like a rinky-dink plank, baby. I'm not like a, like a fighter jet. Yet. Yet. You know what I'm saying? Yet, yet exactly. Yet. But why do you think some people stay stuck in that, I'm going to walk? Because they're, they're already in the, yeah. the fourth category, right? Mm -hmm. They're the doer. Mm -hmm. They're getting stuff done. Yeah. They're, partial, they're partially the way where they need to be. Mm -hmm. But what holds them back from recognizing? I mean, I say it all the time. If you don't have a coach and a mentor in anything and everything, yeah. you're taking the long route. Mm -hmm. I don't need to pay a dummy tax. Yeah. I hire coaches. I Same. hire mentors. I always will have them around mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Even LeBron James has a coach. You have to. Michael it's, Phelps it's had a coach. Tom Hanks had a coach. Yeah. You know what's funny is people, they bag on it. I try to explain to them that, 
the difference here's a, was I looked at as a coach. When I first got out of the NFL, I went and opened a gym business and I struggled. I almost went bankrupt in the first like nine months and I hired a coach. One I couldn't afford, by the way. Mm -hmm. He's like a $6,000 coach. I had $4,000 left to my name. My wife was like, what are you doing? He's like, I gotta figure it out. I paid him money. I was like, look, bro, we can't pay rent. Like I need to figure this thing out now. And so I paid, we figured it out, right? And I go, that was the, and I go, why, why did it take me so long? And what it was was this thought of like, I'm so good, I don't need a coach. You know, coach for, you know, and I go, wait, wait, wait. I played in the NFL. Highest level in the world you can play for a sport. And I had a coach because while I could see you in front of me, he could see the field. I could pay attention to one thing, but they noticed it. And so like sometimes the coaches are the ones that, that really guide the best athletes to the next level or to what they get. So you can direct that amazing energy. And so coaches can see things you can't. So it's a huge piece of the whole process. So I did the same thing, man. I don't want to pay dummy tax. I, I invest in things before I think I'm ready to, but when I see someone, I go, I want to be in the direction they're in. Yep. I want to go in that level. Then I go, okay, cool. What do I not know I need to know? And that's where I go and access it. And the other thing I hear a lot of is, I don't hire a coach because the coach can't do what I can do. And I try to remind him, so Phil stupid. Jackson couldn't dunk a basketball like, yeah. like Kobe or Jordan. Yeah. Didn't it's dumb. need to. It's, it's, it's dumb. And I think also, I heard a story, I don't know who, a woman I had in a podcast tells a story about this guy that he's walking up. So he's trying to get to some corner mark, right? In the back, you know, backwoods somewhere. And he walks to this house, there's a farmer in a, in a rocking chair and a dog sitting next to him. And he walks up to the farmer. Hey, farmer, how do I get to the, the grocery store? And he's rocking. Well, you're going to... Here's this noise and he goes, what's that? He just, you know, did, couldn't see it again, didn't hear it. And so the, gonna go down the street here, make a left. Rawr! He goes, sir, what's that noise? Oh, it's the dog. What's wrong with the dog? Him sitting on a nail. Why doesn't he move? Doesn't hurt bad enough. Oh. I go, interesting, right? Because a lot of people are sitting at walking stage and go, I'm, it's okay. It doesn't hurt bad enough. Yeah. It, it's uncomfortable. I, I want to get there. It doesn't hurt bad enough. And so until it hurts bad enough, whether it's a framing and like stop it and going, oh, this isn't good enough or something really happens, that's, that's when we change. We change either on demand or when crap hits the fan. 99% of people is when crap hits the fan. I got to figure it out. Then you do. What if you just did it intentionally? Yep. You know, and so most people just don't. They just sit there and it's okay. And they, they surround themselves with people that make them feel good. And they don't, they don't realize that there's another level for themselves. And I actually have this mentality I operate with, uh, which is actually what I, I just did on stage a minute ago. And I genuinely think about this and I go, there's gonna be a moment in time when I'm sitting in my deathbed and I have people picture themselves at the end of their lives or sitting there and there's somebody sitting next to them, holding their hand, telling them an amazing story. It's you, but not you, right? It's a person that is like, if they live the most joyous risk out, do whatever life that you can imagine, they're telling you this amazing story of the loves you had and the trips you took and the impact you made and all this stuff and your heart's beating, you love the idea of like, oh, right? And all of a sudden you go, oh, but it's not my story. It's what it could have been. So I tell people a quote that says, the last person you should meet in your deathbed is the person you could have been. So for me, that's my pain. That's the thing is like, I don't want to get to the back end of my days and my, my God come in and go, son, I gave you all these skills and these tools, man. Why didn't you use them? Yeah. Right. So for me, that's the thing that keeps me moving. So I go, okay, I can't get to the back end and have any part of me go, I've left something on the table. There's something left. So I, I want to leave the life empty. And so I do things that are, they look stupid to some people like, like my buddy Jay's like, bro, what do you, what do you stupid look? Why would you do? I wanted to try it out, yep. you know, like figure it all. And so because of that, I think that's what allows me to push into certain areas. But most people, they get content and complacent and it's, it's not hard enough. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt them bad enough. So how do you help and help our audience? How do you help people move through those different identities and mm -hmm. get to the one, let's say the pilot? Yeah. Or the driver, because yeah. for some people, the driver might be the next best step. Yeah, it might be. It's completely cool. So there's there's three stages to it, uh, and I think there's we'll we'll, we'll stack it. There's yep. there's a way that I look at the first part of identity, and I go, you have to see, shift, and sustain. This is the first part of like what I call the shift method. So think of it kind of like there's a, a vehicle and an engine, right? The vehicle is this this identity frame, and I'm going to give you see, shift, sustain. The engine is dark work. So the first three we'll call it for the, the vehicle, the the body of it, right? The first thing you have to see, which means you have to take a look at yourself in areas that you don't want to see because you might not be happy with what you find out. I used to tell people, uh, well, I even tell people, but I've told a lot of people, for me, when I look back at my old aunt, who I used to be, there's a moment in time where I couldn't be alone. I distracted myself with drinking and partying, hanging out, women when I was separate, I divorced my wife. And, and I found it was because when I was alone, I didn't like who I was alone with. It, it, it had this interesting thing. And I go, man, I can't, I can't be by myself. I got to be calling people all the time. So why, why am I doing this? And so I learned to just tuck people away because I didn't see myself. 
It was my, one of my best friends. Like he, he pulled me to the side when I was doing my thing. He's like, dude, this, this isn't who you are. There's a guy named Tim Murphy has a statement. I think it's Tim or Tom. He says, it's hard to see the label when you're inside the jar. I go, that's true, man. Cause all that of us got true. these things functioning and operating and I'm like, I don't, I don't notice myself. Therefore I don't see what's going on. And when somebody shows it to you, it's like, oh, I didn't want to hear that, but that's the truth, you know? And so like I saw myself and I go, I don't like the man I am. I, this is not something my, my daughter should ever be with a man like me. My boy shouldn't, you know, emulate me in any way. So it's to change. And so I was like, I gotta make some shifts. And those shifts are the things that are difficult, but a shift in trajectory, I think atomic habits, you know, James Clear talks about, if you make one degree difference in a, in a shift of an angle, you end up, you know, across the country, 40 miles somewhere else. So one single shift's all you need. Not a whole change at first, but a single shift. But those shifts lead you to new forks on the road that create new shifts and you become somebody different in time. And the last part's to sustain it. A lot of us will try something and we're met with the fact that we suck at it. That's just the reality of almost everything yeah. because I don't mind looking stupid. I go, let's keep looking stupid, right? I identify with the outcome. So if you, or sorry, the, 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 the efforts, not the outcome. So if I can go, okay, I'm gonna try this thing and when I do it, I'm, I'm gonna try it. I know it's gonna suck. It's gonna be a 10 of 10 of pain, but you know what? I'm gonna learn something. So next time it's a nine. Most people go, what are you, masochistic? It was a 10, you <laughs> suck. Why are you doing that again? I'm gonna try it again. I gotta try it. You do it again, it's a nine. You idiot, it's nine. You still look stupid. Why are you, stop being a comic. Why are you standing up? You, you bomb every time on stage, right? You know, I'd be about to learn something. I did something, I learned something. Come and do it again. It's an eight. It's, dude, stop, you know? They keep going. Eventually you do six and five and four. It was zero. And most people assume zero is painless. It's not, it's joy. Because yes. I know what it took to go from 10 to zero. Like, ah, you know what I did, did you know? And ah, right? It's like Kevin Hart. I love the, the story of him of like bombing and building. And now he's, you know what I'm saying? It's joy to see him do what he does. And I go, it's cool to watch that journey. It's everybody's journey. But those are the aspects. Now, how do I do the shift portion? This is going to be the engine of it, right? I find there's three things. You have to, one, respect the light. The light being the destination of place you want to go. You have to respect a few things in it. But I got to heavily respect what this vision is. I gotta clarify it. I gotta know what it is. I can't, I can't be gray in what it is. It's gotta be an address, not a city. Here's what I want. This is what it looks like. So I gotta have a clear vision of, I must touch it, taste it. This room, I'm sure you knew what it looked like in your head before it got built. Like I, and when you walked in, it's like, yes, yeah, what it was, you know? I've done this. And so I gotta have this clear vision, but I'm respecting what that thing is. Then I gotta respect who's done it before. Some people get to situations seeing somebody do something and there's a, an immediate envy that pops in and goes, oh, you know, I want, and you don't even notice it. What it comes out as, oh, they're not that great. Oh, that person, they could have done that. I could do it, but you know, you start poking holes. And what happens is we don't respect, and respect means to have admiration for. When I don't admire this, I don't learn from this. I don't care how that person got there. They got there. Respect that they got there and listen to what they do. You may not like it or do it yourself, but if you don't respect that, you don't find out what they did to get there. So you can spin your wheels for years, never realize, and all because you want to chop Jeff down instead of going, man, Jeff, respect, man, how'd you do it? Right, and ask genuinely, but that respect helps. Then once you do know, respect the gravity of it. It's heavy. Mm -hmm. Like those, those visions are heavy. And most people, they'll try it without knowing the gravity, get a step in and go, oh, I can't hold this. You know, and then they, oh, and they find great excuses to back out of it. But if you sit and breathe it in and go, okay, I see what this is. Like, I understand what it's gonna be. Now I've prepared my mind for the inevitable hardship that comes. First step, respect the light. The second step of the dark work is, I call it do the dark work, but there's steps to that too. One is you must design your dark. A lot of individuals go, and I'm, I'm gonna go get this done. And we, we try to stay disciplined to the emotion of it. I can't wait to get it. I know it's gonna take, I'm, and I'm motivated, right? You go, cool, all right? What about the day you wake up and you're not? Oh, it's not gonna happen. No, it's, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen tomorrow, maybe. Like, it's going to happen. And so what I go is I don't stay disciplined to an emotion. I stay disciplined to a plan. So when I say design my dark, I know what my day looks like. My son and I, every morning, weekday morning, we get up and we 625, I'm up at 530, he's up at 625. We leave the house at 630, we take a hike to the top of a hill, see miles around. We do a gratitude, what are you grateful for? It's always new and different. For me, it was like bumblebees and for him, it was like his socks the other day, right? And it's just, and the more you do it, you have to get more intricate, which is beautiful to see your life like that. We then pray on that. So thank God for this, these things we're grateful for. We go back down the hill, 48 degree cold plunge for two minutes, 10 minute meditation that's guided by YouTube, Boho Beautiful on YouTube, I'm giving her a shout out. I don't know why, but like every day I listen to her. And, and then we, I give him a hug for a, a good like minute, man, just hold, we breathe. And I say, I love you, he's off for the day. This is his dark work, but it's also mine but I designed that. I know what it looks like. It sets my day up to lead to the next thing. Cause when I go to my calls, I go, 
I, I can coach at a high level because I'm doing this dark work. I'm not being a facade and faking it, but I designed that, right? Now I have my design of what I'm doing because I know who I want to become later on. So you design in a way to become the person that you aren't currently. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest thing too, is because I wasn't a guy that did ice baths every day. I didn't you know, go take walks every day with him, but it's part of who I am. We're six months deep. It's beautiful. Once you've designed the dark, the second thing you do is it's called make a dark work declaration. I do this in a really unique way because I think people miss out on the beauty if you do this right. The first thing is I set a window. My, my design is how far it's going to be. 30, 60, 90, 90 days is like the, the sweet spot where your brain body connects. You can do something in 21 days, but you haven't soul connected to it yet. At, at 90 days, like 13 weeks, it's like, this is who I am now. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been out doing this, this is who I am now, bro. And so to get there is the big goal. But the thing is, I want you to, before you start, commit to reading this declaration when you exit. So you're gonna write this in a way as if you're reading it. Like so you've that, already done it. Like you've already done it. I, Anthony Trucks, just completed my 90 day dark work experience. And this is what I did, right? Cause I'm planning it, designed it. I'm declaring I'm gonna do it. So when I get to that point, I'm gonna read it to the world. I better have done it, right? So I'm writing it. So when I'm in the middle of this thing, I go, I still gotta read this thing. I better do this, right? And then it has the other part of it is, and I'm going to do this. I think people like look at diets or these finishing things. Oh, I'm gonna get here and I, I'm rushing. I get to the end, I go, okay, I'm chilling now. I go, no, we didn't do that to stay the same. We, Kim Kardashian on Drake's new song was like, I didn't go this far to get this far. That was crazy he did that. <laughs> but the idea is when you get to the back end, I want you to say, I did this, I'm gonna do this because at this point, I'm now a different identity. If I've done it right, I have what I call a dominator's identity with a mentality of, I've done too much work in the dark to lose in the light. Hey, fitness fans, ready to crush your fitness goals? Make your move to EOS Fitness, where becoming a member starts at just $9.99 a month. Gyms are open 24-7 and packed with the latest gym equipment to keep your workouts fresh. What are you waiting for? Give them a call, drop by, or hit up jefffenster.com forward slash EOS to join. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. Now, let's get after those goals. Hey there, it's your host, Jeff Fenster, and I have something very exciting to share with you today. You know, here on the Jeff Fenster Show, we're all about growth, both personally and professionally. Speaking of growth, have you ever heard of Everbull? As the proud founder of Everbull, I can tell you firsthand that we're on a mission to help everyone unevolve, to live actively and eat stuff that's been around forever. Imagine stepping back into a world where everything you eat is fresh, nourishing, and packed with nutrients. At Everbowl, we've got you covered with our wide range of superfood bowls. But it's not just about the food. It's about a community of like-minded individuals who are determined to embrace a vibrant, fulfilling lifestyle. Join us on this journey as we redefine what it means to be healthy and active. So if you're ready to unevolve and be the best version of yourself, head over to everbowl.com and check out our menu. When you say, I'm going to do this, what does that mean? So, uh... Like to do this is like the next level. So for example, if I say I, I, my dark work declaration, let's say it was to, I'm gonna spend the next six months, whatever my son, doing this morning routine. And then I'm going to elevate the routine to a level where I'm gonna push myself more. Or um, I'm, and I've done this and I'm this identity, I'm gonna now create a program to teach people how to do this, right? Whatever the next thing you're gonna do, because I want you to be able to say, if I'm that identity, what would that identity now do? And then go do that. Because you can't get to the back of this thing and having done this work and say, okay, I'm done. I feel good now. No, we have to- Because you'll regress. Yeah, you got to put that guy into the next action and do it before you feel comfortable doing mm-hmm. it. And so when you declare at the end, you're declaring, you're to speak in the last part of it called emerge. You're going to declare what you just did and what you're going to go do. And you better be able to be of integrity from what you're declaring. And then now I'm going to be accountable to the next thing I choose to do. Then that second part is you just go dark, man. There's, there's something that people don't pay attention to. What you have built- no one knew what you were doing five, six, seven years ago. But they look at this guy and go, bro, he's awesome. I want to be like him. It's like, oh, you don't know what he did that you didn't see, dude. Like there's so many, Wim Hof, everybody loves the, I, if you'd have walked across the lake 15 years ago, like what's this dude doing in the water, you know? Like, but it was the stuff in the dark. So everyone that we admire who's shining did things that nobody saw or celebrated. No one was giving you a high five, patting you on the back. Nobody did that, but we want that. Like we think we need that. No, you got to have, this just you behind the scenes that's driving the machine. And so for me, when I say go dark, it's like, stop doing everything for the gram. You can have what I call flashes. Hey, well, I just did this. Show us what you're doing, but like have done it. And so for me, I go tuck away and have windows of time where you're doing it just for you. 
And when you do it just for you, you fuel you. And on top of that, we don't realize that when you're doing things with other people watching or the purpose I'm watching, we have what's called a mirror neuron. There's a lot of ways it shows up in areas, but if I touch a hot pan, you go, cause you know what that feels like. What we found was like, if you put somebody into a room and have them work, no one's around, just work. They can be effective and efficient, very productive. You simply put someone in the room and it diminishes by like half. We go, why is that? Well, because I'm mirroring, how do they think I, I smell? Do they, do they, am I taking my pen too much? What are they thinking? Am I dr I'm not here. Yeah. And so people go, but I'm gonna document. And Gary Vee's big enough, document yourself, put a camera up. And I go, yeah, there's a, a time to do that. But in the dark work experience, you don't because when the camera's up, my brain goes, it's a person later. So while the camera's up, me working, I'm not always in the pocket. I'm thinking about, and I gotta edit this thing. And so I'm missing out on all that, those hours. I'm, when I need six hours to work, two or three are to the, the camera and the thought of the person. It was like, I'm not getting sick. I can't get ahead of you. So you gotta go dark and be okay with that. The third part's to emerge. I have to read my dark work declaration. Read it, man. Let, Cause now you're out in the world. Hey world, this is who I'm gonna shine now. I did my dark work, time to shine, right? So now I say, this is who I am, what I'm gonna go do. Then you have to compete for what you want with conviction. There's this, uh, this, this part of me that like when I know what I want, and I've done the work like it's mine already. Mm -hmm. I'm competing for that. You don't get to beat me. Like if, I, if I'm a boxer getting into a ring and I know I had a crazy cool, like amazing camp, I don't care what you thought of me. You're not beating me tonight. I, my camp was, was crazy, right? You don't get to beat me. So I compete for that career, for the job, for the girl, for the body with conviction now. I compete for it. And you can't have the conviction unless you've paid the price. That's right. So compete. And then we're all gonna get to these defining moments. My son runs track right now and he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy, which I like and I don't at the same time. I'm like, nice guys, they don't, not to finish last, but like as a competitive division one athlete, you gotta have dog gotta in you. Killer. you know, it's gotta be that, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you play tennis, it's gotta be a viciousness to you. But here's the thing, I don't need it 24 seven, son. I don't, I don't care what you can walk around and hang out all day, but when you get to that line, you better have that dog come out. I call it draw on your dark, D-O-Y-D, -D, draw on your dark, which means in this defining moment, the next 13, 14 seconds, I need you to tuck back and hunker down to all the days that you put in. I call them dark work deposits that you put in in your experience to where that person can't beat you. They don't get the right because I've done the work well before this. But a lot of people, they've done the work and like in the moment, they don't want to get in the intensity of it. They don't want to, oh, I want to be too aggressive. No, be aggressive. That's why you did that, man. Aggressive isn't always physical and, and domineering, but you've already done the work for this. Make it worthwhile. So draw on that place. If you walk all the elite athletes, even the, the business owners, when things are in the line, they don't go in the room and go, we can do this, guys. <laughs> we got, you know, it's not that. It's like this, hey, lock in. Yep. Let's go to work. Like there's an intensity it's in their snap. eyes, you know, like, and they, they can switch into it. When you watch Tom Brady on the side, you watch Serena Williams doing her thing. Like they're in this place, T Tiger Woods, they're, they're somewhere else and they don't care about you. I don't like you, I don't, not that I don't like as a human, in this moment, you don't exist to me, you don't matter. I'm drawing on the darkness of who I am in a great way. That's how Kobe did the, men, Moby, yeah. uh, the mob mentality. Like he was drawn and channeling the darkest parts of him that he put in when he's going to practice at four in the morning, getting two in when you got one. Tim Grover talks about it, he calls it the dark side. It is, you dude. Need, you need that dark you side. You need it, but you gotta fuel that. Yeah. Cause you can't, you can't power your light in the light without that dark energy. And so for me, it's once you've done it, draw on your dark and go put in the world. And that's the crazy thing. You could be joyous all day long, but when you hunker that point, the thing that you do, like that's what allows you to shine. All the people we know, you only know them because they've done something great. They all have those stories. When I was out there and told you about this, I saw you settle in and go, yeah, you were, you were going to those moments. And I go, yep. Everyone I talk to that hears that, they go, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. Cool. Can we do it intentionally now for the next aspirational goal that lights my soul up? I absolutely love the name dark work. Thank you. Because man. it is so it is so spot on accurate to what you're talking about. And you're right. Listening to you explain it, it naturally in my head, that's where I went. Mm -hmm. I went to my own personal experiences and I'm sure everyone listening is doing the same. Yeah. Probably. That we all have those. How would you help somebody? Because I think hearing this is it's gonna motivate a lot of people, but motivation is short lived. It's short lived, man. You need discipline. Yeah. So two weeks from today, you're two weeks into your dark work. You've made the, you made the declaration, mm -hmm. you wake up, you're sore, you have a cold, you didn't get good sleep last night, you have to wake up and do some things, it's raining outside. Yeah. All the excuses or reasons are or, 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 or coming in, 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 in your face. Mm -hmm. 
what do they lean on? What do you teach them? How do we lean on and what do we lean on to persevere through that day, that moment? Yeah. And keep the streak going. So two, two really powerful things. The first one is essentially tied to the idea of, of stop making decisions. I love that. I think it was Kobe talked about this. He goes, I signed a contract. I don't negotiate with my dream. And that, that simple thought, if you, if you take it away, a friend of mine, Mel Robbins says five, four, three, two, one. It's a phenomenal concept and it really is at a neurological level. But all it is, is like, I'm not, I'm not having discussion back and forth of whether I'm going to do it. It's, I'm going to do that. This very morning, I've had, before I came here, two days ago, I was in Las Vegas, had like a, a late flight, got back home. The next morning, got up, was dad all day, flew out to San Diego last night, got here at 10 o'clock, was in my in hotel room at 1030, had to get up this morning to do my workouts. I'm doing a 75 hard right now. So I'm like, all right, I got to get two in. And I know I'm not going to have time between this and this to get the outside workout. I was like, I'll get up at 6.30, I'll get my workout in, and then I'll, I'll you know, get my shower, I'll be chill. I'll have to find some way later on to get my outdoor workout. But I'm gonna get into my house tonight at 5 p.m. and the, the Warriors are playing the Lakers. So I'm like, am I gonna be able to do the outside? Maybe if I just you know, make up a reason, I go, no. So at six o'clock, I looked at my watch and I go, well, if I get out of this room in four minutes, I can get downstairs and be outside by 6.05, and then I can get my 45 in, come back at 45, I'll have a shorter time for the shower, but I'll get it all done. And my brain goes, but you don't gotta, you can. And I, I literally just shut the brain off, I got out of bed. I'm, and I was outside before my brain clicked in, like, oh, we're out of that, you know? And so I just, I don't have the conversation, I don't have the negotiation back and forth. It's like, that's what I gotta do, let's go do that. And the way you can frame this for people, they go, well, how do I know what to do? We actually don't know who future self is. An interesting way, the study at UCLA was done, it's called the stranger inside. They had people wire their brains up and they asked them about, you know, questions of stuff. And they said, well, um, who's this person? They pictured their, their wife or kids and it was like love lit up. And they showed them somebody else, love lights up. And they showed a stranger, stranger lit up. So what they did is they said, tell us about your future self. You'd assume love would light up, stranger lit up. We don't know our futures. There's no emotional connection to a being we haven't been yet. So we don't have this, so people don't sacrifice for themselves at a higher level. Morgan Stanley took this information, called it face the future. Started having people think about future self. They invested 40% more in their future by that simple concept. Wow. So I go, okay, I don't know my future self. What do I do if I want to be able to figure out how to not make this decision? I go, well, we all know people that we all know what they would do. If it was The Rock, right? We know how he trains, gets down. If you ask yourself, would The Rock get out of bed at this time to do the workout? He sure would. Now, what I go is if I want to have that expression of my identity in that area, if I want to be like that person, that part of their life, I go, all right, what would they, you know the answer. It's like, now I just don't negotiate with the answer. If I want to be like that, that dream, my identity is that, that dream, right? that identity has the dream, that's what I do. So the first part is stop negotiating with what that is. So you get up in the morning and go, okay, cool. Who has what I want? Would they do this? Yes, do I wanna do it? No, doesn't matter, let's go do it. Don't negotiate, just start moving. And the more you move, the more it becomes who you are to move. The other piece of it is, simplest thing we all know, have an accountability person. That's it. It's, it's much as I wanna say it's some magical thing, it's not, but it is. There's studies that show that 83% of people who have an accountability partner, when they start some journey, they complete the journey. And so I go, well, who do you get and how do you do it? And most people want a babysitter. I don't have a babysitter. I got a guy, a guy named Mark, he's an awesome dude. And we just hop on every two weeks. And the sole purpose is to not be the person who shows up having not got that thing done. Yep. It's an integrity piece. It doesn't matter. And, and he's not gonna let my excuse be good and neither is his. Make sure you set that thing proper so you know, don't like, I'm gonna go ahead and make $50 million next week. Not we ain't doing that, you know? Right. But the idea is like set something you can do. And that those two things, if you exercise those two, it becomes way more manageable. And the thing is you don't have a bunch of those moments. What I find is we have a few of those that take us so far off path, we never get back on. Well, because once you break, it's, it's hard over. to come back. Yeah, it's, it's hard over. to come back. So I go, if I can stay in the pocket, I can, I can stay the flow. And so for me, a big thing is like, I gotta, I gotta know that moment's coming and when it does defeat it, and then I'm, I'm not gonna face it for much longer. In fact, I'm gonna feel better about myself for having done it. Like, I feel good that I got up and did my walk outside. It was cold and I, did my th- I feel good about myself, but having that's big. And another thing, if you wanna add a little piece, and I don't like to have too many pieces, but having like a physical, tangible thing. We have a dark work deposit sheet, 14 by 27, and it has the weeks, 13 weeks. It's our window of 90 days, 13 weeks. And every day you do is you, you, it's L-I-G-H-T, you do, you light these things up. You just put the little marks every day, you complete them. At the bottom, you put a bulb, right? A little light bulb, I, I, I'm gonna be able to shine on the light. And when you're like five weeks in and you get up and it's in your bathroom or it's in your, you know, on your fridge, like, and you know, like you don't wanna do it. And you look at that, you go, gosh, I'm, I'm look how far I am. 
I, okay, one more day, I could do it, right? Yep. And you keep on pushing. By the time you're done, it's like you have something tangible that shows who you've given yourself to become now. And it's a whole different progression to the next level. Then it's, it's who you are to do this stuff because that's the thing people miss. It is hard in the beginning. It is. The efforts are hard. The actually are hard. But eventually it becomes so part of who you are, it's hard not to do it. That's right. That's the secret space. When you get to that level, it's, it's a game clicking. changer, man. Well, I mean, and I think what people do is they make exceptions. And what they fail to realize is an exception becomes a rule. Yeah. If you can accept, make one exception for anything you're doing, it's now the rule. You can always make an exception. Mm -hmm. If you don't give yourself those exceptions, if you live and own the dark space, that dark work, that yeah. dark side, mm -hmm. and you say, come hell or high water, I don't care if it's a, a torrential rain outside. Yeah. I'm getting outside. Yeah. I'm doing my thing. I'm waking up and I'm, I'm doing my meditation. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what hits you. Yeah. I love you said that. You will get through it. So there's a part that people go, well, it's very aggressive. I had a guy send me a message. Uh, I didn't say anything to him, but in my head, I'm like, who would tell, his thing was like, your, your language is too aggressive. I go, I'm an NFL linebacker, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I did. And I go, it's probably not for you, but I go, it's not all aggressive. You said the meditation, the dark work is the meditation. Right. It's the hard conversation with your wife. It's the loving on your kids. It's telling them, hey, great job, and it feels uncomfortable. It's the acceptance of, I'm not the best one for this, this part of the, the work. It's taking insight from your employees. The dark work is simply stuff the world doesn't see. It's not all gritty. But when you've done that and you show up into the light, now you have something grittier to use. So if you can allow yourself to understand that the dark work is something that it's just what you have to do in the back. And people go, what's the difference between dark work and shadow work? Well, shadow work is finding out what's in the shadows that's affecting you. Dark work is what you do once you know. Yep. And now that we have this progression, it can be softer, it can be lighter, but you're going to show up in a defining moment and you do need that grittiness to win. And success is <clears throat> the culmination of when you've become your best self mm -hmm. and the best version of you. And yeah. to do that requires the dark work. And that's the stuff that scares most people. It does. And it scares most people because they don't have a tangible plan. Mm -hmm. And what I love about what you're talking about here and what your coaching programs are about, and for those listening who are trying to get there and don't know how, reach out to Anthony because his coaching works. I have friends that are clients of his. Mm -hmm. um, I'm privileged enough to have him here and I'm using this to give myself hey, it's coaching. Hey, you gotta do it, man. Yeah, I like but, it. This is the stuff that gets you where you need to be. Yeah. And that accountability, whether or not you have that individual, Anthony can be that person. And the fact that you've quantified the dark work, this side of it, because this is the hardest stuff. We know how to get there. I mean, you can Google any diet plan, any workout yeah. plan, how to be successful in anything. And you can find the skills necessary to learn. Mm -hmm. I know how to eat right. I know how to exercise. But come 530 tomorrow morning when it's raining outside and, and I didn't get much sleep, am I getting up? Mm -hmm. That's what it all comes down to. It does. That's it. And the amount of days I don't make exceptions, mm -hmm. I do the work. I get up at six o'clock and I'm outside to make sure I get that 45 in outside. Yeah. Because 75 hard is no joke. Yeah. Full disclosure, I failed twice. Yeah. Yes. It's not easy. And, I I can, and I'm someone who is strong-willed. Yeah. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's called 75 hard. It looks easy. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to complete it this year. I haven't set my new date yet, mm -hmm. but I am doing it. Yeah. It's a personal mission of mine I made on Jan 1. Nice. To your point about focusing on the small. Small things, man. You know what I, you know what, you know what got me? Huh. The water. Dude, me too. That's the hardest thing. I'm, part so of I'm sitting thing. here drinking this and I'm like, I'm only, I'm not even joking. I'm like, I'm usually by now we're at noon one. I'm the gallons down and I have got exactly 48 ounces in me. And in my head, I'm going, I got to get a flight. I can't be drinking a bunch. I'm like sitting here, look at this. Like, do I want to drink them? <laughs> so it's funny you say that. That is what gets me too. My oh. wife's like, I drink all the all time. Like I don't, everything else, I can read, I'll work out. It's the pounding water. Yes, a and gallon. I got to be by a bathroom at all times, but crazy. That is the hardest part. Yeah. So for those who are listening, I know you gained a ton here. Your mind is probably spiraling. Mine is. You're excited. You're motivated. But the key is discipline. The key is to figure out your identity and how we shift to the right identity. Mm -hmm. If you learn stuff from Anthony, dial in that dark work. Reach out to him. He's here. He speaks all over the world. Uh, I've had the privilege of listening to him a few times. I can't wait for the next time we, uh, I'm either a guest or I get to share another stage with you. Yeah. But for those listening, how best to reach out to you? How best to get indoctrinated into the Anthony coaching program, yeah. the dark work? Just go to at Anthony Trucks on Instagram. There is, uh, and I don't know when this will go out, but there we are in the process of it'll launch in, in the summer of 2023. But we have the website, the, the IG account, all that kind of stuff. And so we're, I'm doing it right. Yep. I think for me, I had this idea and I, my, my biggest fear is to ruin it. If that makes sense? You know, like it's such a powerful concept that I've done the work on that, that every touch point for the brand is world-class. It has to be very intentional. And so with that, I'm not rushing it. Um, but we do have, you know, we've already worked with companies like Amazon we're working with. We've got individual coaching clients, a whole beautiful process. But um, that being said, people could access it now. It's available now. I could do it now. 
Um, but you wouldn't see it from the for, like forefront of the brand until the summertime. But uh, just go to at Anthony Trucks on Instagram. Send me a message and yeah. And we'll put all the links down below. Reach out to Anthony. Tell him your dark side. Make him be your accountability coach because this is the man. I'm telling you, as you've seen on this show, we have a lot of successful people, but Anthony's the fuel that makes other people successful. He does it every single day. He works with high achievers and he can help you get from where you are today to that next place and that identity shift where either you're an astronaut, a pilot, or even a driver if that's our first step. Mm -hmm. But Anthony, dude, thank you for making the time to come Damn on man. the show, Appreciate man. This you, has bro. been awesome. Seriously, I had a good time. It was good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking to level up your relationship capital game, then take a minute and text the word Jeff to 33777 for a free copy of my Network to Millions playbook. The link will also be provided in the show notes below. See you guys next time.